What's up, everybody? No Coast Cinema here on WGM Plus. We are your guide to cinema here in the city of Chicago. I am Tom Hush. And I'm Connor Cornelius. And it has been a very long time. Oh, I've, I've missed you so much, Tom. I know. So much has happened in the interim. Um, just for those of you that don't know, we've been gone for almost like a month. Yeah, it's been a month. It's since been about we've... a month since we did our last episode. And the reason for that is that... Um, as you might know, since we're with WGM Plus, we recorded previously in Tribune Tower. But Tribune Tower has since been sold and vacated of all its tenants. And uh, WGN Radio has moved across the river mm-hmm. to the beautiful new studios at 303 East Wacker. And I've got to say, just that new studio smell. There is nothing really like it, you know? It's a little bit like... Uh, a, a hip Menards yes. in here. You get that nice carpet smell. It's like when you bust out that new modem for your new computer and you just got that <laughs> new modem smell. Just a little bit That's, of must yeah. in there. Oh, The nice yes. links. They should make that a little one of those air fresheners. New modem smell. New modem smell. <laughs> yeah, lots of fun new tech in here. Uh, it's really interesting because we get a different perspective of uh, the city a little bit. Although right now we are recording in one of the uh, smaller booths. It's um, very intimate, Tom. It is. Tom and I are budding knees right now. Yeah, and I mean, he's got great knees, but I just don't need it to be docking with mine the entire time. Hey, uh, we need to be able to reach our target audience somehow. What better way to do that than knee docking? Knee docking. Uh, But we're so glad to be back. (laughs) We're (laughs) very happy to be back here. Uh, Today, we really want to just talk um, about a lot of interesting news that's been happening in uh, the film world we're going to be we've got so many great interviews lined up for you but we're still waiting on some of the other studios to be built so for right now it's just going to be connor and i but there's plenty to touch on that's going to be affecting people here in the city of chicago especially the consumer uh all you people that are going out and seeing movies um the landscape has really changed a lot in the last like year it yeah seems like it's it's been a total overhaul of uh the way that people are going to see movies and, and we thought streaming was, you know, the big thing. I remember back in like what oh seven, right? That Netflix comes out with instant streaming, and we're like, oh my god, this is the future of everything. We can just watch whatever. And since then, it's, the and since then, it's evolved into its own movie studio, its own exhibition format, and of course, in any sort of uh, market like that, you're going to have the pushback from the old established uh, modes of totally. exhibition, totally. which is what we're going to be talking a little bit about right now. Yeah. So, as many of us are uh, familiar with, uh, Movie Pass has been kind of this huge phenomenon uh, with. I don't know, people who go to see a lot of movies, even people who really don't go to see a lot of movies, it seems to have been this really great way that people have gotten together and just gotten them to go out and see more movies and save money while doing it. Um, I definitely was one of the more skeptical people when that first came out. Um, It seems like it's a too-good-to-be-true kind of a situation. Right. MoviePass obviously existed prior to this recent craze of subscribers uh used to be somewhere in the realm of 30 to 50 dollars a month Uh, i don't have the exact figures but it was much higher and then they had this new ceo step in and the price got dropped to a mere ten dollars a month right and this was their huge hook this was going to get people to use movie pass for the price of a netflix subscription a basic netflix uh subscription you could go see one movie a day for ever in perpetuity right as long as you were subscribed 
and it seemed insane and and it like, still does it yeah it still does not make a whole lot of sense to me there's very little that i really understand apart from the basic mechanics of it which is you do the sign in on your phone using the movie pass app um and it loads the appropriate amount of money based on where you're signing in at. You have to be within a certain range of the theater. So if you're going to the AMC in Chicago, uh, you know it's going to load a certain amount on. If you're going to the Regal Cinema out in Des Moines, Iowa, it's going to have a different amount. It's just you know appropriate to the theater. But the financials of it just don't make any fucking no. sense to me at all. <laughs> like, yeah, tend to like what was the I? You could speculate all day, but like, what the CEO's case? Like, you got to go to a business plan if you're going to change your pro your right. product that much. Totally. And if somebody ten dollars a month is less than the price of a regular movie ticket in most places. And so, yeah. And then they dropped it again. Yeah. Didn't they to like eight bucks? Yeah. But then things started getting a little bit hairy. Uh, as you MoviePass users know, they started needing ticket verification. They stopped accepting new subscribers for a little while or made you pay a higher rate. And they added another stipulation where you couldn't see the same movie twice with a movie pass. So you couldn't just go and see, you know, Jurassic World 2 like <laughs> two every, times. Like two times or you can go seven times in a week, though Christ knows why you would ever want to do that. Right. <laughs> the point is is that you could previously and now you can't and now they're going to be introducing Something that uh, Uber drivers and Uber users might be familiar with. And dread. Dread. Surge pricing. Uh, according to ScreenCrush.com, uh, MoviePass is going to start charging customers more when they want to see a popular movie. Uh, they, got th- they, in turn, got this from Business Insider. Uh, MoviePass is going to begin using a high-demand, quote-unquote, pricing system in July. In July. So you're going to be hearing this. And they're going to probably start surge pricing. It's going to add $2 to uh, $2 to titles or movies that are doing that are really popular. So if you want to go see The Incredibles 2 on opening weekend and you have your movie pass, you maybe have to pay an extra $2 at the box office. And it kind of makes sense from a business perspective right. because – you know, they're probably hemorrhaging a certain amount of money. They're probably going for a loss leader sort of thing. Like, we'll get a bunch of people hooked on it and then start charging them a lot. Right. Um, but I cannot imagine a lot of people who use MoviePass wanting to stick around after that because the whole convenience of it is that you don't have to pay for a ticket. Right. Like, but what else are you, you know? I don't know. I, I guess I was coming in on the other side of that because I imagine you're still, like we just said, you know, it's is it still $8 a month? I'm not 100% sure if it, like, went back to... They're kind of all over. It's still it's still ridiculous. Even if it were $15 a month, that is, like, so much cheaper than any, than any right. option, you know, in terms of... And it's so much cheaper than paying per movie. So you find out that if you go to see Incredible Studios, your example, on opening weekend, you have your movie pass, you've already paid the $8 a month, uh, you're going to see it at the beginning of July, let's say, you already paid it, and then they say, oh no, there's a surge price, so you have to pay an extra $2 to see the movie. That's bringing up your cost of going to see a movie to $10, which is very standard if you were going to buy Probably. a regular ticket at the theater, right? Yeah, but it's just... I. 
the it's all for me. I think the biggest draw is the convenience is that you right. just don't. You've already paid for the you've paid for the ticket, and now obviously they're not just going to start hemorrhaging uh, subscribers because, as you said, that's still totally reasonable. That's still so much cheaper. But it's for me, it's a little bit of a slippery slope situation sure. where it's like, well, what's what are they going to introduce next? Right. Because as we said, it's kind of this loss leader mentality where they get you low. They get you in at the low price and then they keep pushing it up so that, but you're not going to give it up. It's the same thing. Like Netflix can probably raise their prices. I mean, they do have to raise their prices because, you know, they are now a production studio and they're trying to get bigger budget titles and this, that, and now they have 4K streaming and that sort of thing. But they, they got people in this mentality that they can't live without Netflix Right. I mean, I've even thought about, I was like, could I, in reality, cancel my Netflix subscription right now and feel good about it and like not have those kind of pangs, those right. hunger pangs being like, ah, oh, but I really need to watch seasons one through five of that 70s show like <laughs> right now, man, <laughs> you know, and I'm a person that owns a lot of physical media, but uh, just having that convenience is so nice. Right. But that's interesting to put it from like comparing MoviePass to something like Netflix, where when Netflix rolls out another like a jump in their price, they're adding new things to it, right? They're always like they're boosting their original content, they're adding 4K streaming, and they're adding things to it. Whereas with MoviePass, it seems as though this addition, these additions that they've been making, it doesn't get you more. It doesn't get you more. It's making you as a consumer pay more, and it's reminding me. Actually, I can't remember. It was a couple of months ago, but the CEO. Uh, said to investors that MoviePass's current strategy wasn't going to be profitable for a couple of years. Mm-hmm. And that makes me wonder that if this new news, this surge pricing is just like this first step in a slew of to come changes, moves, changes that are going to maybe bump them back up to something like what the MoviePass originally was, you know, in that $30, $50 range. I think, I think they're going to lose people. Right. At some point, that's it's just no longer. You're just not seeing enough movies. I think I think most people aren't really seeing that many movies on their movie pass to begin with. I think they're probably. I would. I'd be curious to see what the numbers are in terms of, on average, movie pass users. How many movies do they see per week with their movie pass? I would wager a guess that it's no more than like two or three. Right. Movie pass. We know. I mean, mean, even a month, maybe. Right. Like, how many movies come out in a month that people will actually, even with the movie pass, will get off their ass to go see? Yeah. Um. So that. uh, Speaking of all this, uh, movie pass. We know that you have those utilization reports. You do. Send them to me in a PDF, editable PDF document. I don't do that read-only bullshit. No. Send that to my. (laughs) Send that to my hotmail or my spcglobal.net. There's nothing worse than getting a read-only document. Yeah. It's total bullshit. <laughs> uh, speaking of market competition, though, um, AMC, AMC Stubbs has introduced their own version of this all-you-can-eat sort of deal. Although it's not quite all-you-can-eat, it does have a lot of really great features. It's a triple It's a triple play buffet kind of situation. Indeed. Uh, I really is... like when they're on their website, the way they describe it. It's like, if you see a movie that you love... With uh, with what's it called again? It's the AMC A list. Yeah, AMC Stubbs A list, a an extension of their current Stubbs membership you know, membership thing. 
And they, it says on the website, if you see a movie that you really love, see it again and again. And that's it. But that's it, though. You can only that's see it three. You can only see a movie. If you see one movie that you want to see over and over again, you can only see it an additional two times. And then that's it for the week. Right. But Or the month, even. I'm not 100% sure about that. Yeah, it's... Here, let's... Uh, it's, it's a little bit of a complicated sort of thing. Um... It's here. Here's the official line from AMC. So this launches at June tw- on June twenty sixth, two thousand eighteen, and mm. they're not really sp- not waiting. No, <laughs> no, they're like, let's go. AMC Stubbs is going to be their uh, newest. It's like a tier of the Stubbs program, so you can kind of upgrade. So you can see three movies every week. So that's lower than the potential movie pass. Uh, which you could see potentially seven movies right. every week. Or eight, for example. Or eight. Just to one-up you really quick, Tom. Wait, what do you mean? How could you watch eight? You only get one per day of the week. Uh, this isn't The Beatles, man. Okay. Uh, just eight days a week? I just wanted to say a number that was higher than yours. Well, you know, <laughs> you petty bastard. <laughs> yeah, well, no arguments there. <laughs> uh, AMC Stubbs A-List is going to be their newest and best, quote-unquote, tier in the AMC Stubbs loyalty program. You get three movies every week. And that includes all their premium formats. So something that needs to be noted is that MoviePass does not work for IMAX. It does not work for uh, Dolby. Yeah, it doesn't work Regal. Like they're do- like they don't do the the Dolby Cinema. Like you know a lot. Oh of, right, right. You know what I mean? Like they have a uh, a lot of theaters have like the X Cinemark has Cinemark XD. Like it's oh. their super high. F- I see what you mean. Yeah, yeah. Thing. Um, MoviePass did not work for those. Uh, Stubbs will work with AMC's Dolby Cinema. It's going to work for their 3D. Uh, and <laughs> I'm sorry, Real D, 3D, Big D. Oh, Big D. And D Box. Whoa. <laughs> what marketing intern came up with these names? <laughs> uh, but it's going to work with those premium formats. Um, and it's for the low, low price of $20 a month, which, again, higher than movie pass. However, you get more. And those three movies you watch, they can be the same th- movie three times. Yep. It can be two and one, three different ones. And so it's a lower total number than the movies you could see, but there's more versatility. There's to it. more versatility. You still get the, uh, I believe you still get the benefits. Uh, yes, you will still get the benefits of a regular stub subscription from AMC, which, if you ask me, is a really good subscription for people who go to the movies a lot. You get a free, you get free drink upgrades. You get, um, you know, it saves your tickets for you. You get like a bunch of extra stuff, and there's rewards dollars. So, like, if you spend a, it's like you spend a hundred, you get ten back that you can use at the concession or on a ticket or whatever. And it's pretty impressive, and honestly, I think for the serious, for someone who's serious about seeing at least three movies a week, it's a pretty good deal. The only issue is, is that it doesn't roll over from week to week. So if you don't use your three, it resets every Friday. Yeah, I, I think it. I believe the uh, it goes from. Thursday to the following Friday. It goes like Thursday to Thursday or something like that. They have mm-hmm. an odd schedule and the specifics really don't 
matter until you actually subscribe to it. But uh, I think that's a pretty damn good deal. Yeah, and I think it's considered. I think it's a really smart prog- program to roll out during the summer because totally. you're going to be getting a lot of blockbusters, and you're also going to be getting sort of like the more like family oriented movies. You know, the summer movie season is usually for blockbusters and like slower movies that totally. aren't expected to do super well. And at least personally. Every summer I find myself looking at the movie times or like the available show times and there's just one movie that I'm really interested in seeing and it doesn't really change that much from month to month. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, like so, Jurassic Park will play for probably, especially at a theater like AMC, you know, we're over here at Wacker. Our closest AMC is going to be River East, which right. is a huge theater. And there's even a dine-in AMC less than like, I don't know, four blocks away. Yeah. So... um AMC, and the AMC River East has is like a twenty five screen theater. It's huge. So it's going to be carrying a lot of these movies for a long period of time. So you can really do some damage, like in terms of seeing a lot of movies, and it gets you from a business perspective. It's the same thing as MoviePass. It gets you in there. It gets you spending money. They've got they've got a guaranteed twenty dollars a month now from you, guaranteed, and you're still going to get your drink upgrades. I you know it it's pretty good i think that's pretty good if i you know i you know full disclosure as many of you know i work in a movie theater if i went to other movie theaters more or had time to go see movies more you'd be all over this one you think i think so i over think movie pass over movie pass um movie pass does obviously have the flexibility of not having to go to an amc right um there's a movie theater up in evanston i like to go to but like you know i could go to the river east three times a week if I were really super interested in it, you know, if it really tickled my fancy, mm. um, and if I were getting these kind of premium features, but uh, on the side, support small theaters. You right. know, that's the that's where the movie pass is really nice because at the theater I work at, it helps us out so much because it gets more butts and seats. You know, we we still get our ticket price. We it's not like we're losing a ticket. We get our ticket price. And then everything on top of that, we get the concessions off of that as well. So MoviePass has always been kind of a boon for us. And um, it would be a shame to see a drop in numbers because all of a sudden I have to run that MoviePass card and be like, okay, yeah, you need to pay an extra $2 for surge pricing. And I guarantee you there's going to be someone that's just like, what the fuck do you mean $2? (laughs) Like, there are people now, MoviePass is already kind of volatile in terms of some people really don't know how to use it. Like, they don't know. They they come in, they're like, I have a reservation. And because that's what they call it on the app. Or it's like, I have the MoviePass. And I go to run the car and declines. And I'm just like, well, did you sign in on the app? They're like, what app? (laughs) Dude. Did you read how to do this? (laughs) Or did you just sign up? I don't know. It's it's odd, but um, it'll be interesting to see. I I guarantee you, large chains like Cinemark as well are probably going to roll out right. stuff like this. Regal will roll out something like if they haven't already. Um, it's hard to keep up, but it seems that this is the result of the last ten to f- ten years almost of uh, media thinking of this switch to a subscription model for literally anything. Right. Anything could be subscribed to whatever it is to get those guaranteed dollars. Right. Because once people subscribe to something, it's very easy to just keep them going. 
It's very easy. Newspapers did it. I, I used to be subscribed to the Wall Street Journal. And when I, you know, I was like, oh, I can't really afford to do this anymore. It's a little getting a little pricey for me. They will literally just be like, they'll come back at you and be like, we'll cut $25 off the subscription. Yeah. Like, and then you're just like, damn, wow, that is a pretty good, you know, like. And I the, do like reading the Wall Street Journal. I do. But, you know, whatever they can do to keep you paying that $20 rate will probably be good for them. And it's kind of interesting. If you've been following this at all, there's a little bit of a soap opera between MoviePass and AMC because AMC was one of the first, was the first like big chain to come out and say, we are not okay with MoviePass. Yeah. And so this is sort of like a retaliation for that. But the way my perception hypocritical it on is. some level. Yeah. But my perception of MoviePass has always been one of sort of like consumer protection because they recognize that the industry is shrinking. People are paying less to go see movies because of like streaming services and all of that. Yeah. But they're so they're trying to protect the they're pr- trying to protect that method of exhibition and also trying to incentivize consumers to get out of their house and actually go to these theaters. Yeah. So, and the way that it seems like with AMC is it's almost like when like I don't know, Amazon came out and had, and released their streaming services. Yeah, Amazon Prime, Amazon Prime, and then Hulu and everything, and not necessarily in that order. But you get what I'm saying. Is it seems as though it's the it's this retaliation to make it so that the uh, subscription service can live on even in something as old and established as, as you know movie a movie theater. theater. Yeah, that's it's. It, there's a lot to chew on here, and um, I think people who are both movie fans and uh, people who are interested in the business of exhibition would do well to watch where this goes because this could be a total disaster. This could be total like just selling at a loss, or this could be the way that we go forward in terms of the theater going experience. Obviously, we have streaming at home now. That that just is. Yeah. That's just gonna happen. That's just how life's gonna be forever now until they come up with like what next a- thing. fucking streaming beaming, your eyeballs, yeah, <laughs> beaming it into your fucking brain. Boo! It'll just be called beaming it into your fucking skull. That's what the kids will call it. <laughs> hey, what are you doing? Hey, you want to beam into my fucking skull you and chill? Be- it sounds like a euphemism for drugs, but we are of course talking about watching Blade Runner twenty forty nine. Yeah, what do you? I just love that. What are you going to do now? Oh, I think I'm going to beam Seven Samurai right into my fucking head. Like, <laughs> oh, are you going to watch it in seven seconds? Or are you going to watch? Are you going to watch it in full time? Well, I don't know. I think I might speed it up here and there. Get get through a little bit of this. Yeah. You know, I get it. It's a classic, but it's also three and a half hours long. Um, let's move on to another interesting news story, which uh, is pretty interesting, especially in the world of uh, post-Me Too. Um, Kobe Bryant, he was part of an Oscar-winning short. Mm-hmm. Um, documentary series, right? Do, no, it was a it was a short. Oh, it was just a short documentary. Yeah, okay. essentially, like at the end of the day, Kobe Bryant won an Oscar, right? And according to the Academy rules, like you can then join the Academy and become a voter. However, he was denied entry into the Academy by uh, and there are sus- powers that be. There are suspicions about why that is. Are is there a is there a uh, like press release about the rationale behind it. Yeah. So the hard line on it was the Academy says it's because he doesn't have like enough experience. Right. Like he cannot be really be considered um, like a, a big contributor to the uh, to art the Academy of uh, Motion Picture Arts okay. and Sciences because he was just kind of involved with this um, That's one thing. Fair. Yeah. 
and uh, it's a it's a little bit like it to me it comes off as a little bit snooty, but at the end of the day, I think it was a cover for right. Um, Kobe Bryant's 2003 sexual assault. Um, and I, you know, I apologize if the legal language isn't there. Uh, it might it might have been a rape case, it might have been a sexual assault case. Uh, but it because of his sexual assault case back in 2003, which was settled out of court. But he's always kind of had this odd reputation since where, you know, we're talking about a guy that's considered a legend of basketball, but is also potentially a sexual criminal. Right. And so people don't want to shun him, but they also maybe should. And maybe the Academy has a point here. And it would be it would definitely not be good. And I hate using this term optics. It would not be good optics if the Academy were to allow him in after there's just been this whole uh, rising tide of pushback against this. Sexual, I guess, sexual deviancy, right. for lack of a better word, uh, in in the filmmaking community and the television community all over the place. And his denial kind of comes in the wake of another couple of moves that the Academy have made. They re- they re- uh, they got rid of Harvey Weinstein and right. Bill Cosby. They removed them from the Academy. Yeah, so and, it would just be inconsistent if they right. let Kobe in. Right, and I think that frankly, it's a it reflects that the at the very least it is in a promising step forward for the, you know, for the social politics of the Academy. Right. Which have always been there, but for them to progress in a way that we can actually track with these news stories is encouraging. Yeah. Yeah, It's nice to know that the Academy actually pays attention instead of doing what they did for like the last hundred years. Yeah. Almost hundred years of just (laughs) like, you know, like, well, he is a man. Yeah. <laughs> and he is a he is a man that we've put on many movies. Yeah. Um and just letting that happen. Right. So I, I'm okay I'm okay with that. I, I can live with Kobe Bryant not being part of the Academy. Although, you know, not to be too middle of the road here, because I don't want to <laughs> it, far be it from me to want to come out on the side of someone who is accused of uh sex sexual Mm. accused of a sexual crime but um you know unlike Weinstein uh, or at least unlike Cosby he's not been he was never convicted of anything didn't Harvey Weinstein get arrested he did get arrested uh, Harvey Weinstein I'm he's he's going down right it's the, the it's only evidence is all there it just hasn't been solidified in a court of law as far as I'm concerned he is going to go to prison yeah. like he is going to go he's going to be convicted of a crime Bill Cosby convicted of a crime um Kobe Bryant not actually convicted of a crime as far as I know that was settled out of court and I'm no lawyer. Right. I don't know what kind of details were brought up during that case. All I know is is that the Academy really at this point cannot afford to be associated with um, someone that has had those charges brought up against them. And I think they're going to continue with that policy. I and, think that's definitely just the way it's going to have to be for the right. time for the you know time immemorial now. And anyone that's been following the you know the news with the Me Too movement, and everything, I don't think that any rational person would necessarily think that that's a bad thing. No, not at all, not at all. Star Wars. Star- 
Speaking of Hollywood bullshit, yeah. <laughs> um, so a little bit of a, a some more inside baseball, as it were. Um, it's it's been reported that Lucasfilm is now suspending production or any sort of plans for an Obi Wan standalone movie. Uh, as many people know, uh, the Star Wars franchise has been chugging along with at least one movie per year. Yep. And one of, you know, it'll alternate between a main entry into the saga and one of their anthology entries, uh, usually taking place prior to the original trilogy. Um, And those are all labeled a Star Wars story. We've had Rogue One, a Star Wars story, a movie that I am extremely lukewarm on, but I thought was okay. Yeah. I thought it was like, okay, I can at least see what they're trying to do with this. This could be potentially interesting. And then Solo. Um, Have not seen it yet. You have not seen Solo. No, I have not. Um, I I feel the Star Wars fatigue, man. I got to be honest. Oh, yeah. And I even really thought Solo was... I think its biggest crime was that it was just kind of, like, obvious. You know what I mean? Like, sure. everything you saw in it, you're just like, yeah, yeah. Like, it's got – it hits all the nose. There were parts of it that I thought were actually pretty endearing. Um, a lot of people really hate this movie on a really? philosophical level on, like – I think I th- I think that's, the, that's a good reason to hate this movie is that, like, really, this is what we're going to accept as, like, entertainment – and I think, um, <laughs> holy shit! That's, yeah, <laughs> that's scorched earth. Well, I mean, there's some, there's some critics, some critics that I really, really enjoy giving some, throwing some serious, serious vitriol at Solo because of what it represents. Is that like we're just gonna shit out a middle of the road, basic origin story, origin story that really doesn't do anything super interesting and bows to um, corporate interests as opposed to being artistically relevant or fascinating. And what better way to describe that news story that you introduced this bit about? They're suspending these Star Wars anthology pieces in a, because Solo didn't perform well at the box office relative to its predecessors. Right. Even it's just Rogue, bowing to corporate interests. Yeah, Rogue One... Gangbusters, yeah, did pretty pretty damn well despite being like excruciatingly average (laughs) at at times. Um, Yeah, and I, 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 you know, unlike a lot of people, I really quite haven't. I've really quite enjoyed uh, the main entries into the saga, specifically the Last Jedi. A lot of people really hate that movie. A lot of people really fucking hate that movie. But I thought it was fantastic in a lot of ways. It's not perfect. Far be it from me to say it's perfect. There's a lot of stuff that, you know, if you really wanted to be that person, you could be like, well, I would have done blah, blah, blah. But at the end of the day, the movie in your head is never going to be as good as the movie that, you know, you you actually see. And I think a lot of people, Star Wars fans, could stand to realize that. Um, I don't think it's bad that they're going to take. Ho- hopefully, I would like to see an Obi Wan movie. I Me think it'd too. be interesting as a, just a, as a as a core Star Wars fan, as yeah. someone that I really enjoy watching those movies. I have a lot of nostalgia for them, which is maybe a cardinal sin of uh, film criticism. But hey, what can I do? I'm only human. And let's not kid ourselves. Ewan McGregor's role in the there were a lot of problems with the prequel trilogy, yeah. But Ewan McGregor was not one of them. I didn't think. I no, thought he not was at all. The strongest aspect, probably. Yeah, 
He was a great choice. So and I, I f- hope that happens. Yeah, I really do. And I find it interesting that there's a lot of fanboy backlash against the sequels and then like this kind of softening on the prequels i'm like i was like what did you watch those and even i have a bit of a soft spot for them because those were the star wars movies that i that came out when i was a child yeah as far as i knew that was all star wars that was not like i didn't get the whole like "Mm, this isn't my star wars george lucas you know raped my childhood which is the most heinous thing that you could say fuck you if you honestly feel that way but um like, there's this softening, well, at least the prequels were original. I'm like, yeah, but they were also shit. Yeah, like, like the Metachlorian aspect of it was bullshit. Yeah. Side note, did you see what George yeah. Lucas said? He's going to take it into the micro world of, God like, Metachlorian. Could you imagine, and like... There were there were friends of mine who are total Star Wars, like, huge Star Wars fans are just like, oh, I wish I could have seen that. You wish you could have seen that? Why would you want to see that? I know. That's, yeah. That sounds, like, kind of dumb. Yeah. Like, what is it going to be? It's going to go into the bloodstream and you're going to see Jedi, little Jedi blood cells fighting particles of <laughs> sit, shit. I mean, Sith. Uh, <laughs> shit. Shit. <laughs> And that's what I think of your idea, George Lucas. Stay uh, in the producer booth. Yeah. It's, you absolute windshield, <laughs> to borrow yeah, one of your... Your cabbage. <laughs> um, uh, and to close the Star Wars bag, mm. um, there has been a campaign on Twitter uh, to remake The Last Jedi. Oh, yeah. It's hilarious. It's it's so... <laughs> I, I, you can see, I tweeted about this uh, at Mount Hushmore, if you mm. want to follow. Um, Gross. But <laughs> plug bag. <laughs> uh, but fanboy... This is like fanboy entitlement at its absolute worst. Is <laughs> like, we didn't like this movie, so we this is not the movie that we thought it was going to be, or we didn't like it, so therefore it has to be remade to save, quote, quote from them, save Star Wars. What do you think this is? Yeah. It's a film franchise. Get the net. They don't it's give so a ridiculous. shit about your fans. <laughs> they, you are a bottom line. You are a number to them. Yeah. And you except, saw the movie. Except for, I would say, Ryan Johnson. I think Ryan Johnson legitimately loves this franchise. Oh, right. And now he's getting beaten down by these fanboys. And to be fair, he tweeted... Uh, he like retweeted that remake the last Jedi and he said, "Please, yeah, do this. Yeah. Remake the last Jedi." And I don't know if it's out of irony or if it's out of a genuine like I want the fans to make movies. Like that's cool. I think that's super cool. Or if he's getting beaten down to thinking that he made a, ma- a bad movie. And I don't think he did. And at the end of the day, you some people really like The Last Jedi. Some people really didn't. It still holds a really high rating on Rotten Tomatoes in terms of critic scores, but audience scores super low. And that's fine. If you did not like The Last Jedi, that's fine. They didn't remake Attack of the Clones, did they? No. That wasn't like... I mean, to be fair, there were fans that recut a lot of the... They recut the prequels into like one really long movie. People, have, the remix culture around it is interesting, but what do you think? You're going to get the rights from Disney to no. remake it? They le- this group legitimately thinks they're going to get the rights from Disney to remake the Last Jedi, and they're they're like they're they're saying, oh, we're it's going to be by committee of uh, people that um, both Love loved the story. And, that both loved and hated the Last Jedi, and I was like, oh, really? People who hated the Last Jedi? I guarantee you that includes the group of people that bullied uh, 
the the actress that played Rose in the mm-hmm. movie, I think Kelly Marie Tran. Yep. They bullied her off of Instagram. They 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 gave her such shit. They would not leave her alone to the point where she's like, I can't even be on a public social media platform anymore. Daisy be- Ridley had to leave as well. Yeah. Prior well, to prior to that. Good lord, is that really? what you think this these movies are about if that's your reaction to that then you have seriously lost the plot that is ass that is so pathetic and like let's just be real obviously star wars is a huge part of people's childhoods sure. but it's a fucking sci-fi space opera like it's a movie grow, man. grow up it's a movie man it's like not- you can have opinions on it you can go write a fucking think piece yeah everybody else has whether you loved it or hated it everybody's written a think piece about it join the chorus right but um this is not saying this is not a substantial thing to me. I don't care. No, I do not care. And they're going to just keep churning them out whether you like that or not because it's very clear that the majority of people will go watch these movies. Yeah, except for Solo, which I think came too soon. Yeah. 6 months after the last Jedi. And just also there were so many news articles about it prior to its yeah, release. Yeah, the, pre- the press around it was shit. production. Yeah. 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 All right. Um real quick before we close things up, uh, let's talk about some a couple movies that we've watched recently. Okay. Uh, Connor, you want to start me off? Sure. Uh, this is on Netflix, uh, and we're going to probably talk about this with uh, our friend Michael Smith. Yeah, we're hoping to talk about this later with Mike. Um, it's a movie. It's a South Korean horror film called The Wailing. It's very long. I'm just going to get that out there right now. It's two hours and 45 minutes about. Um, I mean, that's la- to be fair, that is Last Jedi length. It is, but I'll give it that. But it's if, formidable. Yeah. Nonetheless. That's a lot. You got to set aside three hours of your life to watch this movie. But I will say this if you are interested in horror movies at all, you can go into this expecting a horror movie, but what you're going to get out of it is a touching family drama, a frankly <clears throat> absurd and extremely effective comedy in <laughs> in certain areas i think and also just some of the the score in that movie is some of the best freak out music i've listened to since i listened to the bedlam and goliath by the mars volta oh my god <laughs> like it's just bonkers it's just insane and it's yeah it's funny it's tongue-in-cheek but it's it's at its core horrifying and i think that that is the most important thing like it reminded me of the feeling that I had after I walked out of the theater for Killing of a Sacred Deer where I felt, frankly, disturbed, but I didn't really know why. Mm-hmm. And the reason why I realized after thinking about it is has to do has everything to do with e- just the title of the movie, The Wailing. There is so much screaming in this movie <laughs> and so much... It's just so blood-curdling that once you finish watching it, you can't really get those screams out of your head. So it really delivers on its premise. It does. All Absolutely. Right. Uh, any other big ones? Well, I watched The Boy on Netflix, which is a nice little haunted house thriller. I don't I don't mean to be an ass. I don't mean to be condescending. But in relation to The Wailing, it's it's nothing to really sneeze at. But I'll say this about The Boy. It's, uh, it's scary at times. It's fun to watch with people. Uh, fun, ultimately a little dumb. I okay. Think. What have you been watching, Um, So to counter the wailing, I went and saw a movie that a lot of people have been talking about, Hereditary. Mm. Um, And I really, really loved it. I think it might have to do with the conditions under which I saw it, which which obviously we'll talk about with uh, Michael Smith. Um, I watched it at like 1 o'clock in the morning. (laughs) 
in an empty theater with just me and my me and my friend, me and my coworker, Seven well, Eleven pepperoni pizza between us in hand, in hand, wonderful. And like there was it, the theater was closed. You know, we were watching it after hours, and there were there were images in that movie that I wish I could burn out of my eyeballs like there were things that i saw and things i felt that i hadn't i hadn't been that legitimately like terrified by anything in a very long time so um you know i i really loved it although the reaction from audiences has been like really poor overall like really yeah it has a cinema score of d plus that's like getting down into mother territory which is ironically another movie i really quite liked (laughs) um did you know and uh it was i Watching people walk out of that theater, they were either legitimately terrified, um, like nerves rubbed raw, or they thought it was the dumbest thing they've ever seen. Wow. Um, and really didn't like it. So I think it's going to be an interesting study in like horror, especially because it's been getting such intense praise. So uh, I recommend Hereditary, but I'm very excited to hear people's opinions on it. I'm very excited to talk to Mike about it. And then I will <laughs> find. I finally watched a sequel to a movie that I really enjoyed when it came out. Oh, yeah. And uh, speaking of delivering on its premise, yeah. I thought was okay. Um, Pacific Rim Uprising. <laughs> it's in. It's like. It's it's like intensely uh, predictable. Right. It really doesn't make a whole lot of sense at times scott eastwood is like so untalented in this movie (laughs) it's not even funny like anytime he's on the screen i just i almost shouted like i was watching it alone and i almost shout like booed him off the screen because i was just like he has zero of his father's charisma like (laughs) he's just so he thinks he's he seems like the kind of guy he it looks like he watched his dad be in like the good the bad and the ugly and thought that acting was just looking stoic yeah or just being gruff yeah and he's just like compared to john boyega who plays the protagonist who really does a fun job here he plays kind of this roguish dude um a little bit of that han solo vibe kind of doesn't give a shit about anything and then he learns to care blah 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 but um through the through the battling of giant fucking robots right yeah i think uh at the end of the day i signed up for robots fighting monsters and other robots and that's what i got and Mm. some plot in between and like very thin character development but enough for me to like you know john boyega was uh charismatic enough to carry me through it really i think not too bad Hmm. sets it up for a third one too so i don't know if universal's really gonna go for it but i'd watch it i would watch it it. if i heard that in the title credit where it shows the you know the world in the universal logo if a giant robot like destroyed you could see like (laughs) destroying the earth or something yeah Yeah. so we'll see where that goes the pacific rim franchise like who really would have thought that this kind of like odd guillermo del toro like popcorn movie would even get a sequel. I yeah. didn't think it would get a sequel because I kind of wrapped it up in the first one. I didn't really expect anything more. Monster movies. Yeah. They're coming for you. They're coming. All right. Uh, that's going to do it for this week. Thank you so much for your patience as we moved over to our new studios. Uh, we've got so many great conversations going to be coming up in the next few weeks. Um, very excited. So glad to be back in the studio with you, Connor. Yeah. I've missed you, Tom. And I know that I can tell that it's uncomfortable that I keep docking my knee with yours, but oh, it 
feels like it's home. so sweaty it feels like home all right okay uh this is noco cinema <laughs> noco cinema here on wgm plus we are your guide to cinema here in the city of chicago i am tom hush and i'm connor cornelius and we will see you all next week